When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Hey everybody, welcome back to another episode of the Sixer Sense Podcast. I'm Lucas, the guy Uriah here. Chris is celebrating his college graduation, so we're giving him the day off. But instead, it's just me and Uriah. Uriah, it is the weekend. We got to see a pretty good Sixers game to start off the weekend. How we feeling, man? Have you been watching World Cup soccer? Nah, man. I, I mean, look, look. Soccer is not really my thing, you know. It's, uh, like, I'll root saying, for it's Italy. It's a big deal. Everyone's... I mean, I know it's a big deal. It's just like Italy's my team, and I don't think they're in it anymore. So no, I think France and Argentina are playing right now. And eh, not a big, not like I said, not a World Cup. I am in the same boat as you. I don't know anything about soccer. I didn't play it growing up. I'd actually rather watch hockey or golf than soccer. That's just... Hockey's not bad in person. I will say that hockey is not bad if you're there I, in person. I like but on TV. It's kind of like yeah. No, I got to see a when I was 16. I got to see a Tampa Bay Lightning game. My uh, there's a guy trying to date my mom and he took he had season tickets so he took me there got to take a picture with some cute cheerleaders so it was a win for me hey sounds good man sounds good so uh didn't you have something about a trade that you want yeah to so so just to let you guys know because we give chris beef all the time on the podcast about the types of trades he offers us and right before the podcast about 26 minutes ago chris sent me a trade so i haven't looked at it yet i'm gonna give you guys my honest reaction now, so I'm pulling it up on my phone. Let's see what it says. It's through ESPN. Uh, are you, when I, the first fantasy league I actually did, your eye was through you, Yahoo. I was about okay. to say Yahoo. Yahoo is a drink. Um, Yahoo is the is the website. Let's see here. Trade. Okay, so this is who Chris is. Once Drew Holiday, Nikola U. Busevich? Actually, no, this isn't a terrible trade, except for the fact that Towns is out right now. He's offering me Drew Holiday and Nikola Jokic for Kyle Lowry, Bradley Beal, Carl Anthony Towns, and John Collins. Wait, he's that's not up. a Christmas. He's giving up. He's giving Jokic? up Kyle Lowry. No, no, no. He wants me to give up Jokic. Oh, you have yeah. <laughs> for for Kyle Lowry, Bradley Beal, Carl Anthony Towns, and John Collins. Uh, Beal and Towns are both injured right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, Collins is having one of the worst years of his career, and Kyle Lowry's uh, the end of the contract away from being retired. Nope, nope. But but this is the type of stuff that he sends us all the time, right, Uriah? Like, I'm not making this stuff up. Must be feeling himself. Must be feeling himself after graduating. Congratulations again, Chris. I open his trades, and within five seconds, I'm declining. (laughs) <laughs> it's just not even yeah. worth like comparing the numbers because you know it's not it's not a fair trade. He's trying yeah. to pull a Danny no. on everybody. But he always gets at least one or two guys in our league to make a trade. Yeah. He always gets one or two guys. Yeah. Also, it is uh no, we have one more podcast before the holiday, right? Well, this is this is my elf on a shelf. He's not actually an elf, but my grandmother made him, and so he acts as my elf on the shelf. Are you getting excited about the holidays, Your eye? Sixers I'm playing excited. out at noon. Yeah, I'm excited. Sixers noon. Yeah. yeah. No, this is the last podcast. Um, We're not doing it on Wednesday. Wait, what's today? Sunday. Oh yeah, we are going to have one Wednesday. That's my bad. I was about my to say bad. we have one yeah. Wednesday, right? Well, I'm, yeah. I'm thinking about Chris. He's he's going to be out for a while, and uh, I won't be available. So, but we'll we'll talk That's a little fine. bit more about that on Wednesday. Let's get to this Sixers talk, man. The Sixers played 
on Friday night, national television, ESPN, uh, good broadcast. They won 118 to 106. I'll give you some team stats, Lucas, before we jump into the specifics. So the Sixers and the uh, Warriors both shot under 50%, and they both made, believe it or not, equal amount of field goals. They both made 39 three-pointers. We saw the Warriors just go off in the first quarter. They cooled down, obviously. The Sixers only made two less three-pointers than Golden State. They made 15. Golden State made 17. They both shot 39%. Free throws, Lucas. That is where the game was Mm -hmm. won. The Sixers made it to the foul line 31 times compared to 13 for Golden State. They capitalized on that. They made 25 of those free throw shots while uh, Golden State only got 11. There was really no big difference in assists. Uh, Actually, no assists. Golden State was moving the ball very nicely. They had 31 to 23. Rebounding is what I was going to say was pretty much equal. Turnovers were almost the same. The largest lead for Golden State was 11. In the Sixers, mm-hmm. late in the game, they went up by 15. So let's go to some initial takeaways from this game. Lucas, what did you think about the Golden State win? Um, that Joel Embiid's name should be higher in the MVP race than it is. Oh. Um, look, he almost outshot uh, Golden State in free throws. He had 12. They had 13 attempts. Um, the fact is, the guy... It, it, tell me if, you're, if this is wrong. This is wrong feeling. It feels wrong when he doesn't at least score 30 like 30 is the norm now 30 is the normal for him now like I think it, it, I don't I don't have the stats in front of me but I think I heard on the broadcast that in the past 13 games he scored like uh 30 plus at least 11 times something along those lines mm-hmm. uh, like I said I don't have the stats so I don't I can't give you the exact numbers but Joel Embiid is getting disrespected in this year's MVP race and, and I get it that he missed a couple uh, games here and there to begin with. And Jason Tatum's awesome. I get it. But you got it. Look, this guy was a two-time runner-up. He's averaging more points this year than he was last year. Still leading the league. And it doesn't even look like he's trying that hard. Mm-hmm. That's the crazy thing. Does it look like he's trying that hard to score? It doesn't feel like it to me. Well, I think the like matchups, it, like, matchups might have something to do with it. Just really, no I mean, one yeah, can really guard him. Like he's always a lot. Bigger I mean, Brooke, he he made Brook Lopez look silly last game that they played, and he was one. Of, he's been one of the better players that can guard him. Right? We yeah. haven't played Toronto yet, so maybe Toronto is like the only other real challenge besides Lopez. And yeah, so like, look, I and James Harden had another great game. I'm liking this version of James Harden. Those are James Harden, the playmaker, is what we need. I mean, great, great that he's scoring, but like, I, I like at least nine assists from James Harden, if not more. Well, he had that, didn't he? He had that in the game. Yeah, yeah, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, this version of James Harden, I like nine, nine assists, twenty-seven points. We don't even need twenty-seven once Tyrese Maxey gets back and Tobias Harris gets back. We need maybe twenty, twenty-two. Like this version of James Harden is. Give it two or three weeks. I think Joel's name is going to be in the top three of MVP race. Just give it some time as long as he stays healthy. Yeah, I I can't argue with that. The only thing I would say is that this year, more than a lot of years in the past, it's really competitive. There's a lot of really great players who are leading their teams and scoring and doing so much and, and doing it at a consistent level, whether it's Jason Tatum, Giannis, Luka Doncic is playing out of his mind. So Embiid has a, a tough hill to climb, and don't forget about Jokic. <laughs> uh, but but yeah, I can't disagree with that. And Harden, like yeah, that, he's uh, higher. Jokic is higher in the MVP race than Joel, and I think Joel is having a much better season because Jokic's scoring is down significantly this year. It is down. It is down. But I think he's having the most assists ever in his career. And no, he's. Down. I mean, he's still. I. I mean, yeah, he's average. He's one of it's the like best nine. playmakers. I think he's averaging nine, eight or nine, nine, something like that. Look, I mean, and that's impressive. I'm not, but like we've seen that from Jokic before. Well, let, let's get back. We to haven't seen this. Yeah, sorry. Let me sorry, let me talk sorry. about um, what I noticed, and you you brought it up mm-hmm. when we first got on here is Dante Divincenzo. That guy, Delaware, Delaware represents Villanova. <laughs> I'd say, I'd say star. He was like, yeah, yeah, he was, he was one of the game. one of the best. Yeah, yeah. When he 
was going off in the first quarter, I just looked back when he was drafted and I was like, whoever is going to get him is going to get a solid player, not an NBA star, but as you can see, he can do it all defense. He can drive, he can pass and he can shoot. I think he was four for four at one point in the first quarter. They're playing without Steph Curry. So someone you knew was going to step up. Jordan Poole is a really good player. Offensively. He has so much in his bag. Uh, I think it was Wiseman who had the near triple double. Wiseman or no, 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 Looney, 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 yeah. Looney, Looney fourteen every... points, eleven rebounds, and nine assists. They should have kept him in the game to get him that last assist. He deserves it after that all. That would have been nice for them. Yeah, that would have been nice. But how about Clay Thompson yeah. in this game? Could not hit the the side of a barn. I kind of feel bad for him because he he just doesn't look like himself. I know his injuries have hampered him over the years. But, can, but, can can I say something that might be blasphemous for Warriors fans regarding Clay Thompson? I have I have no I have no attachment to to him. Go ahead. Okay, I think if you're trying to save luxury tax money, you trade him this off season. Mm. You have a heir apparent in Jordan Poole. Clay's and like I get it, what he means to the franchise. But if they're trying to save money, which it sounds like they are, Clay Clay might be the odd man out. Not Draymond. Well, I mean, Draymond probably should go too. But like, yeah, I think a lot I don't, of it has to do with Draymond. What he's. I mean, do. Draymond needs to go. I I think you just you have Steph, and then you have these young guys. Um, and look, everybody's worried about these young guys not developing at a fast rate, but we have to remember Kayvon Looney was drafted what, like 2017, 18. And it took him until last year to really get a role. So takes time for Golden State Warriors to develop their young guys. So I'm not, I know you don't want to waste Steph, but I, I think keeping clay, it might be wasting Steph to be honest. Yeah, but hey, look at this point. How many championships do they have? It's at this no, point four. they're they'll they'll be fine if they have a few seasons where they they fall out of the standings. But a, fi- a final thing I want to say about this game: Shake Milton off the bench, 31, 31 minutes, uh, eleven points, three for six, very efficient. Melton every game it just seems like this guy seems to impress. He had a total of uh, let's see, I just lost seventeen points, seven for fourteen. And from the three-point line, he was three for eight. So, And he had nine rebounds and seven assists. So Melton is showing us what he can do. Tobias was out this game. So with him out, uh, other guys uh, stood out and, and stepped up. P.J. Tucker had a nice game. Efficient, three for five, made a three-pointer. So, yeah, that was, that was an impressive win. Uh, it was not looking good early. But I know anytime a team starts out, Lucas, hot, like 80% of mm-hmm. the time, the second half is going to be They're going to end different. up losing, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, I got a question. What are before we move on? Yeah, what are we gonna do with Melton once Maxi gets back? Because you're not gonna pull, put mm. Maxi off the bench. I I would not do that. Well, they However, they're gonna put Melton on the bench. It's just a matter of minutes. I have an alternative. I, I have I have an alternative. All right, what is it? And I think Chris, if he was here, he would love this one. But what if you brought Tobias off the bench? And go with a small starting five. Oh, man, that would be. I mean, look, it gives Tobias more with the ball in his hands. He's already had to modify his game and adjust. I know, his, I know, I know. It is not fair to him. But look how well Melton's playing. But then you have it's a hard to argue three. with that. Harden. I mean, five, yes, yes. I mean, look. Two. I mean, look. You can play J- James. Can guard threes. I'm not worried about that. James is like six five. Some threes are six 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 seven. You can you can get away with that. But like, I mean, look, you could argue Tucker could come off the bench, there's but I don't many, really. There's too many long wings in this league that are in starting lineups that would. I'm just really give us problems. I, but I agree I with get your that, original but... last week. You mentioned Thibault maybe being in the starting lineup, or was it House? You still think should be? House? House? Yeah. Thi- the Sixers are four and one when Thibault starts this season. Take that. For, for what it is. Uh, he's been playing right. better lately. Right. I mean, a little bit. He's been playing better. A little Look, bit. Let's, let's get to a quote, Lucas, because after the game, Doc Rivers and Joel Embiid were asked some questions after their win against Golden State. I'm going to play it real quick, and then we can talk about it a little bit. Okay. 
Um, you know, we're, we're healthier or getting there slowly. Uh, we're playing better basketball, Keith. We're, we, uh, we've, we've kind of found, it, and, it's, and we're still not there uh, because we need everyone back, but we're finding who we are. We're, I think our guys are finally seeing, like, this is who we are. Uh, this is how we have to play. They know it. They can, they're starting to visualize what we are. Um, and, and that's a good thing. You know, when you're able to get stops, uh, you know, you can run, you can get easy baskets, I think. You know, that's where it starts. And offensively, just, you know, put, putting the ball in the white guy's hands and, you know, the ball is moving. If we don't have anything, we know what to do. We go from you know, the first action to the second action, even to the third action. Um, so uh, it's been great. Um, you know, we just got to... I think we still got a lot, you know, to improve on, and uh, but you know, we, it's been, you know, it's been good to see what we've been able to do. All right, so Lucas, I have a question related to those mm-hmm. those two quotes. Um, okay. Sixers have won four games in a row. It's yes. it's feeling good, looking good as of right now. But my question to you is: Do you think that this four-game win streak is a sign of the team gaining momentum? Or is this win streak, Lucas, mainly because of matchup favorability? They beat the Lakers, Hornets, Kings, and a, a Warriors team without Steph Curry. What do you think? Well, okay, let's not crap on the Kings because the Kings actually look good this year. Lakers right. had been playing better. Uh, AD started to look good. I mean, we should have probably, in all intents and purposes, we gave up that lead. We should have lost that Lakers game. That did not feel like a good win to me. Right. Um, Hornets. Hornets are going for Wimbignana. Like, there's there's no way around it. Um, they just don't have the pieces now that Miles Bridges, even though his legal stuff is over, like, I just, I don't see him coming back to the NBA. It's It'd be a very tough road and bad PR for the any team to take him on. Um, so, I don't, I don't know. Um, I'm going to, I, I'm going to say more or less, the Sixers starting to figure things out, though I do think some matchups do help. We know that Joel does really good against AD. As much as uh, Mason Plumley does good things for me in fantasy basketball, he's not a guy that's going to slow down Joel at all. Uh, Sabonis has never been a defender. And um, who is this last game? The, the Golden the State Warriors, Warriors Trayvon. Uh, Looney's 6'7". In real life, he's like six seven, six eight. He's not going to do anything against Joel. So, part of this is matchups, sure, but I think part of it is Joel and Harden starting to figure things out. Now, this will all change yet again when Maxi comes back in because he's the third best player on yeah. the team, arguably second best, depending on how you feel about Harden. Right. But that's going to change the whole entire dynamic again because yeah. Harden's going to have to relegate even more of his scoring uh, to Maxi. Mm-hmm. same thing with Tobias when Tobias comes back too right. like Tobias has been looking better because he's getting the ball in his hands a little bit more but then he's going to have to go back to a 3 and D guy and yeah. while he's doing the best he can in that role he's not he's only averaging I think at the beginning of the year when he was doing it was like what 12-13 points a game it didn't look pretty so it's going to take time it's good that they're hitting this stride right now but when Maxi comes back, which I think Doc hinted at that he was going to get Maxi in a uh, practice at the end of this past week, uh, or going to try to. So I expect Maxi back hopefully before Christmas. Uh, I think that's a realistic expectation. I think it's going to take some more time. Yeah, yeah. I think. I yeah. Go ahead. Yeah, I think that I agree with what you said, and based on what Doc was saying, is they're they're figuring out who they are, and even though those teams are not top tier teams like Milwaukee or uh, Memphis, I do think that regardless of matchup, it's they're, they're, they're gelling. They're starting to come together. They're figuring mm-hmm. out their tendencies more. Harden is becoming more comfortable with his, his teammates from last year and this year. As far as uh, what Joel said, I, I was very, it was very promising to know that he's thinking of the game cerebrally, Kind of like chess. He's thinking mm-hmm. he's like first action, second the action. The game action. has slowed down for him now. You can tell. You, you can, can see tell. that how that how he scores because nobody can stop him. Nobody right. can stop Joel this season. That's why he's the lead league in score. Like his efficiency is still where it's normally at, around about. I yeah, he's cerebral. The game's like you talked about how he's young basketball wise. 
Yeah. He's maturing into a basketball adult now, Uriah. We're seeing yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. All right. So before we go to the next topic that Lucas introduces, I have a special promo for the Sixer Sins, our podcast. So I'm going to play right now. So Lucas, this is Lucas's first time hearing this. So let me know what you think. Okay. Yes. I am calling very all Sixers some, fans. Uh, breaking it. North Philly, West Philly, South Philly. You out there? What about the Northeast and Roxborough, South Jersey, Bucks County? You listening? I'm here to remind you about the Sixer Sense podcast. Now, I know there's lots of other podcasts that talk Sixers basketball, but none talk it quite like us. Why? Each week we bring you multiple episodes where we dive into player topics, team subjects, and even invite special guests for enlightening and fun conversations. Who have we had on the pod? Key members of the Philly sports community, like former WIP director Spike Eskin. Joel plays basketball, and that doesn't mean that he doesn't have interesting things to say. It just means that not everybody is, like, super pumped to talk for 45 minutes. I, I just wanted him to enjoy himself. Like, I wanted him to know that he was in a, a, a place that was safe with people who cared about him. Co-creator of the basketball phenomenon Game of Zones, Adam Malamud. I probably do something along the lines of like in the last season of Game of Zones, we had the Nets like Kyrie leading all these guys, the 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 hated guys in the NBA who felt the media hated them. I would definitely do something like that, like the the Nets embracing <laughs> the dark side. And the funny thing about that is like Steve yes. Nash is like such a likable guy, and so it's such a funny coach to be like their Lord Commander. You know what I mean? And Forbes sports writer Brian Tapork. I really think they need to just get Paul Reed up to speed as much as they possibly can. He has so much more defensive versatility, and yeah, he's going to make more mistakes. He's young, he's mistake-prone, he is not as experienced as Montrezl Harrell, but like that is what the regular season is for. Don't miss an episode where co-hosts Lucas Johnson and Christopher Klein talk about Joel Embiid, James Harden, and so much more. Go ahead and subscribe to the Sixer Sense podcast wherever you get your podcast today. I like that. That's cool. I that I did not know that you were doing that. That was solid. I liked it. I like the sound bites. I was not expecting the sound bites. I'm all for it. Thank I, you for all your hard work, bro. Hey, I spent several hours yesterday and a little bit this morning going back to the archives and I grabbed different mm-hmm. quotes from different from different guys we've had on the podcast. So there's more to come. That was just one. So all right, let me hit the uh, transition button. And before we get into our next subject, I just got a notification on my phone for NBA heads in general. This is might be in Lakers fans. Um, Anthony Davis will be missing multiple weeks due to that foot injury from last game. So any chance of the Lakers? Nah, it's not happening now. Sorry, LA. It's not looking good right now. It's just, come on, AD. Like, I, you know what? There Street are just clothes. some people's bodies. Some people's bodies are just not made for a 70-82 game season. And I think AD <laughs> is just one of those guys. Okay. So now getting back to actual Sixer stuff that people, our listeners actually want to listen to. That I mean, not saying that that's not important, but, you know. Um, so... For those that know, we played the Warriors last game. Andre Iguodala had been a big part of three of their championship runs. He's still on the team, and he's getting ready to retire after this season, and he was in town. So, Uriah, let me ask you this. What's the first thing that you think of when Iggy, of Iggy, as a Sixer? Wow. So many really good memories of Iguodala. And I want to keep it positive because he got a lot of criticism when he was here mainly because when Allen Iverson left, there was this void to fill. And to have him expected to fill that void from someone as great. It was so unfair. Prolific. It, 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 was, it, was, it, was, it was more than just unfair. It was unrealistic. So, And the reason why is, I, I'll give you an example, right? So when AI mm-hmm. left, the, the first AI, and Iguodala mm-hmm. came in, the Sixers made it to a playoff like uh, a playoff series against the Pistons. And I was at the Wells Fargo Center when they played this game, and I couldn't believe how difficult it was for him to score. And that, this is when they had, I think, Ben Wallace and uh, Rip Hamilton. Yeah, I was about to say, it was the second iteration of the bad boys. Yeah, so. it's a tough t- uh, Pistons team, but for clearly Iguodala was expected to be that guy, and he could not. And fans got mad at him, how much money he made. And it was unfair, like you said, and unrealistic. But the one thing I, I'll say about Iguodala is he, he hit some clutch shots. 
he's he's well known for his dunking, being in the dunk contest mm-hmm. and, and just being able to get up and down like a like a gazelle. One of the best high flyers that we yeah. see in the twentieth century. But if I were to say what I I recall 21st. on Iggy as a Sixer was he has some nice clutch shots in some big games. He had a, a game winner uh, against the Orlando Magic in a playoff series. I think it was like game one or two. He had a game winner against the Lakers in L.A., a walk-off three-pointer. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he's had a few others. So Iggy did did some good things by the team who drafted him. And, and I wish him the best when he retires. Uh, absolutely. Uh, you know, funny thing, I don't know if you knew this, him and Evan Turner – now have a podcast called The Point Forward. <laughs> of course they do. <laughs> yeah, of Evan course. Turner. They're both point- Evan Turner. Who, Gosh. I would not. I'm sorry. I, I think he was a good player, and he had a nice career. But have you heard him talk before? No, I haven't. Oh, like E.T., I love you, but man, just. I He got just, a raw deal, too. He got a raw How? deal here, too. From who? I, look. I because like Doug Collins never properly developed him. I don't know about that. He was the number two pick, so he came with with yeah. But like, but like, yeah, I understand that, and he, he didn't deliver. That's on him. But like, part of it was Doc, uh, not Doc, even though they feel Collins. like the same guy sometimes. Yeah, Collins, yeah. Collins. I felt like he never really like took the time to like he ba- he he. It was always Iggy's team. He never let. Turner tried to take over and like we know Turner was a 20 point per game scorer in college and then it just I don't know he never got a three-point shot that was no well no and that and that was at the turn of when three-pointers started becoming more important but getting back to Iggy now right right. um I will say this there's not one moment that really sticks out to me but I will say the thought of Iguodala in Philly Mm -hmm. was that he was misunderstood as a player He was always misunderstood as a player. He's never going to be like, he made one all-star team, I think during his time here. Um, He's not, he's not going to be the guy that scores 20 to 25 points per game. His highest scoring season ever was 18. Mm -hmm. He's that utility guy. He would be a great, uh, let's just say if he was on this team right now, he'd be a great third or fourth starter for this team, but he's never going to, he was never a number one. He was never a number two. And like you said, Philly fans were really unfair to him because they didn't understand his game. Right. And that's why I say misunderstood. That's that's my memory of Andre Iguodala as a misunderstood player. Okay. I mean, sixer, right? But, yeah, as a sixer. Now, he got traded from Philly to Denver, and then Denver, he got traded. Like, was it traded or free? I think it was a trade, right? To I don't remember. Golden State. Yeah, it was one of those. It, do, it doesn't matter. Yeah. Um, he got to Golden State. He was a starter the first year there. And then he became, he started coming off the bench. What is your, what's the first thing you think of as him as a warrior? Andre Iguodala as a warrior, I think perfect fit. He just mm-hmm. was the Swiss Army knife, rebound, get out on the break, distribute. And because he's such a skilled player, he was able to do what the team needed him to do because you had scorers in Klay Thompson and Steph Curry, uh, Iguodala, even as he got older, was even more effective because of his basketball wisdom and his experience. Mm-hmm. So I, I think perfect fit. That's what I think of. What do you think of? I I think that's a. F- I I I like the idea, but my my term will be revolutionary, because without Iggy, that death lineup would not have worked. Mm-hmm. Draymond and Iggy made that death lineup work because Iggy could guard pretty much all five outside of center. He could guard any other position. He made, he helped make that death lineup work. So him being that ultimate Swiss army knife, because we didn't really see it that often in the NBA prior to Iggy. Mm -hmm. Now we're seeing a lot more often. And I think revolutionary is being a, a star in your role, which I mean, isn't the first time we've heard that obviously wasn't the last time, but like, he took. He was a former All Star, All Defensive Player, mm-hmm. willing to come off the bench, mm-hmm. forego his ego because he was clearly better than Harrison Barnes at that point. Mm-hmm. Forego yeah. that ego, and arguably, probably should have won Sixth Man of the Year at least once or twice during that time. But you know, Jamal Crawford was having his moments. Same oh, thing yeah. with Lou Williams. But like, 
but he was just as important to the that team than those guys were to their team, arguably even more. So I would say revolutionary because he made that without him, I don't think they won those those titles. I mean, look, he got finals MVP for Garden LeBron James. So like yeah. look, yeah, I think revolutionary would be the right term for me. Okay. That's fair. Now, now, going to my last part here, Uriah, and this is the really tough question. We're going to have to dig our teeth into this one. Is he a Hall of Famer? I Part of me says no, because not many Hall of Famers uh, get in averaging under 20 points a game, unless you're like Dennis Rodman or Ben Wallace or somebody like that. Uh, I'm looking right here, Lucas, and I'll just – you mentioned he's an all-star. He was one-time all-star, four-time NBA mm-hmm. champ. 2004 2005 all rookie team two-time all defensive and mm-hmm. 2014 15 mvp so i'd finals say be, MVP. Be, finals mvp because he does have the all defensive uh trademark attached to his his uh body of work and because he was a finals mvp i think that boosts his chances of making the hall of fame He's not a lock-in. I mean, it, we'll leave it up to the – No, he's team, not a first obviously. ballot, absolutely. But no. it's it, it'll be tough for him to get in just because his scoring numbers and, – and just real quick before you give your opinion, when he was mm-hmm. in Philly eight seasons, he averaged 15 points, four rebounds, and how many assists? Where is his assists? And 4.9 assists. When he went to Golden State, he for seven seasons, he averaged seven points, three assists – and four rebounds so those are not jump off the page stats that might hinder him from getting in what do you think i mean look he's definitely going to get into the golden state warriors hall of fame he's he might he might even get his jersey retired um i think that 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 i think he deserves that that being said um do i think he gets into the hall of fame my gut reaction is no but I will say this, if he does, and like the finals MVP certainly helps, if he does, it won't be until he's much later in life or maybe even after he he leaves this world. You know, I I think it's going to be one of those type things where he's going to be like last year of eligibility type thing. Went went morbid on me right there, buddy. I I, I mean, look, I'm being honest here. I mean, I mean, am I wrong? Like that that might be the only way that he gets in. <laughs> it's just the way you said it until he leaves. I I mean, hey, I, I'm brutally honest. I'm sorry. Forgive me. No, I I get it. I get it. All right, let's let's switch gears here. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. All right, the last topic for this podcast episode has to do with James Harden, who is really flourishing right now. He seems like he's getting some wind in his sails. He was recently interviewed exclusively by author Yaron Weitzman. He wrote the book Tanking to the Top. He also, I believe, wrote for Bleacher Report, if I'm not mistaken, but really good writer. I read his book in like 48 hours about the six. Can you send me that book? Because I've been wanting to read that. I can. I can. I definitely cool. can. Thank you. So here's some some questions. I'm sorry. Here's some quotes from the interview that he had with James Harden, who, by the way, in the article, uh, they mentioned uh, Harden does not like giving interviews. And he specifically said why. But for whatever reason, he he promoted uh, he was promoted in this one. So Yaron Weitzman asked him, he says, don't you care about how you'll be remembered? And in response, related to the legacy of James Harden, Harden replied, of course, 
And he said, I'm going to be remembered in basketball. He said, I care about winning and things that are important and that matter. I am one of the people that changed the game of basketball. Honestly, the only thing that I'm missing is a championship. So Lucas, that's a pretty, pretty big statement he made there. Yeah, it is. Do you agree with what Harden said about changing the game of basketball? I don't know if he's changed it. Mm-hmm. But he will be remembered as one of the best isolation players of all time. Right. Absolutely. You don't put up 35 points per game in a se- single season, leading the league in this. Like, he's the only one that's come close to Steph Curry's single season record of three pointers made, right? I believe so. Like, I can look that up. Putting your name in the uh, analogs to Steph Curry, like, in my opinion, James Harden, easily a top 25 player of all time. Are- Arguably top 20. Now, the only thing, you know, legacy-wise that I question about Harden is what position is he going to be remembered at? Right. Is he going to be remembered as a shooting guard where he was for the first half of his career, or is he going to be remembered as a point guard the second half of his career? That's a small detail that that later. Okay, go ahead. Answer that. Well, I think it'll it'll be the latter because I'm looking at his stats now. He averaged double-digit assists more than half his career. So that tells you that his playmaking became a major point other than school. Well, uh, when did he stop playing with a true point guard? Because uh, he, he played with a true point guard. Every, Patrick Beverly, we can cross him out, but like Chris Paul, Russell Westbrook. From, he's played with a legit point guard for the majority of his career. Kyrie Irving, even though Irving said he was a shooting guard that year. From age 20 to 26, I'm looking here at basketball reference, he played Uh shooting guard. And then from 27 until now, 33, he's been a point guard. So So that means means Chris Paul was the shooting guard in OKC. Okay. You know what? Not going to question that. (laughs) Yeah. Not going to question, even though he's the point guard. What do you you Uh, think he meant by that? That's what I wanted to know from you. He said, I changed. What do you think he's thinking? Like, how do you think he thinks? That he changed probably how you run an offense, honestly. Okay. In terms of like high pick and rolls, uh, you know the step back, isolation one on one, spread uh, spread five offense. Mm-hmm. I think those are the things that he's talking about. Now the spread out five, we knew that that's not the case because Golden State did, did that before him. But like um, isolation, like in terms of the step back three, nobody was doing that before him. So Not even Steph. Was, so that's what he. I I think that's what he yeah. meant. Yeah. That's that, that's the iconic thing that I go to because you think of James Harden, you think of step back three. Mm-hmm. Dame Lillard, you think of Logan Lillard, Steph Curry. You know it's Curry time. You know cooking cooking time with Curry. You know it's like each one of these th- is fantastic three point shooters have a thing. Mm-hmm. The step back because that step back when I first saw it when I was in I think. Uh, right after college, that's when it started coming out. When I was right after college, I was like, "That has to be a travel. That has to be. A, <laughs> it's not a travel, though." Yeah. Like, right. and I mean, look, a lot of players have adopted it since. And I mean, look, he hit about two of those in the game uh, last game against the Warriors. Um, his step back is looking great, by the way, this season. I like it um, mm-hmm. a lot better than last year's. Um, so yeah, I, I think it has to be this the step back. What about you? What do you think? I think I, I I agree with you with everything you said. I think what he's meaning to say is his legacy or his impact on the game in terms of other players emulating his style is that step back because nobody was really doing that and no one was doing it as effectively. Damian Lillard, you could argue, might be as equal a step back mm-hmm. three-point shooter, but Harden, whether it's distributing the basketball or all the different things you mentioned, He was a one-man offense for about three to four years. Right, that iso ball, we've never seen Mm -hmm. anything like that. Nobody's been able Mm -hmm. to do just just dribble, dribble, and then put his guy to sleep and then blow past him. Or Chuck up a three, and it's like, how do you stop that? And I think Chuck and Shaq, all those guys, I I believe they commented like they had never seen anything like that. Nobody else was doing Mm -hmm. what he was doing at that time. So let me ask you, uh, where where do you put – where do you put Harden in the all-time list? It's funny. We Where talk, do you rank him? We talked about this last week. Uh, top 10 point guards. I thought he made the list simply because I compared him to John Stockton. 
and I, I think yeah, you know what? I heard that part of the. the He's I, amazing, but anything that Stockton could do, Harden could do, but everything that Harden could do, Stockton could not do. So that's why I think that he he would be in mm-hmm. in that in that top ten. Not, and I'm not. But can we put out, him in the point guard list if if he yeah. didn't play half of his career at point guard? I think numbers don't lie. I think the number of assists that he's had compared to other. What does he rank on the all-time assist list? That's what I want to know right now. Uh, you have his stats up. You should be able to look it up. Well, I have, I have his stats right now. He has a total of four. Wait, assists. It should be if you're on an NBA reference when you go down. He to has like... six thousand five hundred forty-six assists. That's 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 his total NBA career. So, um, oh, I see what you're saying. Uh, free throws first, three point field goals. Okay, let's. Oh, see for here. his career, he, he's third with three point field goals. Is that right? I mean, or you talking about, about assists? It. I thought you. I'm talking about assists. Assists, uh, NBA career. He's twenty seventh. He's twenty seventh all time with six thousand five hundred forty six assists. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. They just yeah. He's uh he's gonna pass Kyle Lowry pretty soon. He's less than a hundred away from Kyle. Uh, yeah. And he didn't really become a point guard like you said until halfway through his career. That's pretty impressive. Um, yeah, active he, player. The the highest active player right now is Westbrook. Yeah, and if he 11. if he gets look, no LeBron, to, sorry, to get, LeBron with that six. to get five hundred more assists, which would put him above Tony Parker, Tim Hardaway, he'll he'll crack the top twenty. I don't know if he'll he'll reach Andre Miller, which is he's got eighty five hundred assists and he's twelfth. I definitely don't think he's gonna get catch Russell Westbrook or LeBron, but I, I think he yeah. was a, a I think he's a I, top ten point guard. I do. Sorry, my bad. Chris Paul's third. I forgot about Chris Paul. Yeah. No, I think the argument could be made. I, I'd have to look at the whole entire list and think about it. Um, I Like I said earlier, I think he's a top 25 player of all time. I, oh, I think that's... Hands down. It, it may be even top 20. I mean, the what he's done offensively is just fantastic. Obviously, he's in a different stage of his career now, so mm-hmm. we have to consider that. But I... Yeah, I like the way that he I think I think he's okay with saying that. I think that's okay for him to say that he's changed basketball cuz he has. Yeah. He's he's had it's hard, to, hard hard for players to say that cuz like you think let's think of how many players actually changed basketball in today's NBA. Not that many. LeBron James. He made the stretch center happen with Chris Paul, right? Chris Bosh, right? Right. So that's more on Chris Bosh, but we'll just give it to LeBron. Um then you got Steph Curry, right? Mm-hmm. Steph definitely changed the game. Steph, Draymond, that whole entire crew, right? We'll give that all to them, right? Yeah. Then who? James Harden? Who else besides James Harden? Maybe Joel? Jokic? They're still young yeah. in their careers to really say that for certain. Right. But, like, Giannis, as, much, as great as he is, like, I mean, you don't – you have to change your defense, but not, not, you know what I mean? Like it's not the same type of impact. Yeah. His his is more stylistic. It's really stylistic and you can't argue. So for him to be one of the few players to say that he's changed the way of basketball, I think it's first off, it's true. Secondly, I think it's a big deal. If you can actually say that and back it up, which you can. Yeah. Yeah. Last topic related to Harden. And I think that, you know, depending on what happens this season or actually for the rest of his tenure as a 76er, mm-hmm. we'll be able to debate this. And, and it's, and it's conditional because if he does mm-hmm. what it can he change is, yeah. If, if he does what he's expected to do, then all will be good, but he still has this cloud over his head. And some people look at mm-hmm. how he handled the Houston situation in Brooklyn and it left a bad taste in their mouth. So in the, in the article, if you read it and anyone else reads it, mm-hmm. uh, uh, Yaron Weitzman was did a great job. He got quotes from former coaches, I think high school coach, and obviously people who worked Impressive. in the same building. He does his work. Him. Yeah, he does his research. Uh, and it was they brought up the whole idea of the poor performance in postseason. So my question to you is, based on his legacy, what do you think has hurt 
his career, his legacy more up to this point? Would you say it's his poor performance uh, in the clutch in the playoffs? Or do you think that it's more of how he's handled pushing himself out of out of teams to get out? What do you think? I'm going to say the playoffs because mm-hmm. looking back at both of those situations, Houston got a new owner. He was done spending. He did not want to spend anymore. The team was not going to go anywhere. Maury, um, Maury left. D'Antoni left. Harden's still in the prime of his career. Understandable that he would want to leave. Totally understandable. Then you look at Brooklyn. I don't think I need to say much else. Kyrie Irving's a mess. Mm-hmm. Um, granted, they're playing good basketball now. Kudos to them. But, like, yeah. look, clearly Harden saw something wrong with, you know, saw what was going on and decided that he needed to get out. And Maury was just like, hey, buddy, come back to me. Baby, come back. That's that's <laughs> exactly what happened in my head. That is exactly what happened. So, so poor, poor player performance for you. I, I think it's poor playoff performance because, and I don't even think that's all on him. We talked about how he was a one-man offense. Mm-hmm. Eventually that wears that player out. I don't care who you are. Even LeBron got worn. And like, unless you're LeBron James, mm-hmm. who took, you know, Deladova to the final in 2016, like, you're going to get worn out. No, I don't wait, care you who had you had that are. wrong. It was Deladova took LeBron. To the championship. What are you talking about, man? Get it right. Man, <laughs> Delhi. Right. Isn't he on Sacramento this year after not being in the league for so. like three years? Yep. Good for Delhi. Him you know what? I, I was always a fan of Delhi. Yeah. His shot was the most unorthodox I've seen in a long time. But I, uh, I think uh, that... Wait a second. Wait a second. Uh, do you not remember our friend, Mr. Sean Marion? Well, he retired a while ago, man. Della Dota still... Well, it wasn't... Between guess, him yeah. and, and Halliburton, they have some weird shots. But as far as my opinion about the legacy and what's hurt Harden more up to this point, I would say how he pushed his way out of Brooklyn and Houston. And the reason why is because mm. in the article, his coach and some of the, I guess, the people that were quoted and watched and know Harden, they, they said, look, in, in those games where he didn't perform up to, to the level of expectation, like they said he, he just ran out of gas. And he's had teams – in Houston where he had to do everything. So if you're going into mm-hmm. a late round playoff series and you're playing 44 minutes a night, you run out of gas. So that, that impacted him. And also like conditional, right? If things don't work out with Philly mm-hmm. and things go South and sour, then he might end up going somewhere else. And then I think that's going to hang over his head is how he, how he, when he, things mm-hmm. don't go right, how he tries to jump ship. And go someone else, somewhere else for a better situation. Mm-hmm. So I, I would take the opposite of what you're I, I get what you're saying. I get what you're, what you're saying. And I'll even help your point here. It's not the fact that he pushed his way out. It's the fact that he did not try as he yep. pushed his way out. That looked too terrible. That being said, I still hold on to my point. I think it's the playoffs. Because at the end of the day, we look at championships. That's That's the honest truth. That being said... If things don't work out here in Philly for him mm-hmm. and he doesn't win a championship, he's not going to win a championship as a top three player on a roster. He will mm-hmm. have to win it as a role player. If he can accept that role, which I don't know if he can. Like, I love James Harden, but there is an ego there. I don't think any of us deny that. And it'll be interesting to see if he can accept a role player role once his you know game diminishes even more. Yeah. So I think Philly's his last chance to be a top three player and have a chance at an MVP title. I mean, MVP uh, trophy and an NBA title. You know what I mean? Like he won't have that anywhere else. Like if he shows up in the NBA finals and outplays Joel, I don't think many of us will bat an eye. Like if he gets finals MVP, great. Awesome. My personal bet, my, I think Tyrese Maxey has a better shot than him, but that's just me. Cause I love Tyrese and you know how Tyrese steps up, but the nice thing for Harden here in Philly is that the burden of expectation is less because you have Joel Embiid. You have Tyrese Maxey. Heck, if you're off shooting, guess what? You got Tobias Harris. Your job is to pass the ball. If you don't score, 
as long as you if you get like only 10 points but 15 assists the fan base is still going to love you yeah yeah so at the end of the day burden of expectation here in philly is probably the lowest that it's been in his whole entire career so yep can't disagree with that that yeah yeah that's all i got to really say i don't yeah i don't know how to wrap that up but that's how i feel all right well so yeah, let, let's go ahead. I'll, I'll lead us out, and let me hit my little music button. All right, Chris usually does this. I'm not, not as good as Try your best. Yeah, I believe so, in you. Yeah, thank you for watching us on YouTube if you watch this. And if you listen to us, uh, we appreciate it. If you could give us a subscribe, either on YouTube or any of the podcast platforms that you use, we greatly appreciate it. The Sixers play Monday night against the Toronto Raptors in Philly. Game starts at 7 p.m. We will have another podcast. Yep, we'll, we'll talk about that game at that time. So until then, you guys have a great start to your week. And you guys take care out there. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Corient. Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of plan investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.